All right, what's up, Tim? Nada. Nada, nada. It's been a hot minute. Making it, yeah, making it through, you know, the holidays. Uh, some uh, scheduling issues and then no card uh, last week. But we're, we're back in it, and it's uh, a really, actually a really good card. I'm looking forward to this card. Dude, I'm psyched for this card. This might be one of the best not-numbered cards of the year. For sure. There's about five or six fights on this card that I think are, you know, main card pay-per-view level fights. We got some fire shit here. There's a few, you know, that are, you know, Veronica Hardy fight, and it's like, okay, I don't care about that. But then you look a few fights later, and we got Joel Selecki and Drakkar Close and your boy Cody Brundage. Yeah. Misha yeah, there's, there's some actually... I'm not too, not too concerned about the the Misha Tate or like the Clay Guida fights, but when you, when you move up a little bit more and you get to like the Figueredo and Sean Brady and yeah, dude, uh, Bobby Green and then the main event with Darius and Sarukian, um, I'm I'm really really looking forward to that that main event. What fight are you most excited for? Uh, Darius Sarukian. I'm most excited for Font and Figueredo. I think that's going to be a banger. You think so? Yeah, dude. I think they're both guys who can knock each other out, but both have good chins, so it's like, I feel like it could be a complete war. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's more at stake for for both Darius and and Sarukian. Yeah. To be honest with you. I agree. I think big thing is going to be if Daryush can bounce back or did Charles Oliveira steal a soul. But we'll get to that one. Hey, let's let's start it off with good old Veronica Hardy fighting Jamie Lynn Horth. Um I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I really I don't care. Um and to be honest with you, I, I don't think Ronnie um, really is all that good. I think she's where she's at now because of her husband, even though he's he's not with uh, promotion anymore. Um, but I, I think she's she's really not that good. She just lost a decision to Juliana Miller, who. I'm not a fan of either, um, but she's going against this Jamie Lynn uh, Horth, Harth, however you want to pronounce her last name. A um, little bit older, but she's undefeated. Um, nothing, nothing special. It's not a, a UFC debut for her. It's her second fight in the UFC, so she kind of got that first um, promotion jitters already out of the way. And I think this should be pretty easy work for uh, a decision for Jamie Lynn Horth. Yeah, I'm... I mean, if I'm just talking to anybody who's a better or anything, then this is just a fight that you don't want to even be near. You don't want to have to think twice about who you're going to pick here. And so I'm not I'm not going to have this in any parlays or anything like that. But, you know, it's, it's kind of lined just a near pick them for a reason this thing could go either way if i had had to make a decision i might go veronica hardy she's still 28 
she still could be growing between fights. But also, you know, Jamie Lynn Horth hasn't lost a fight. She's but she is almost 34. I don't know. I don't have a ton of a ton of answers here and I don't really have a good read on this one either. I think um, maybe just Veronica Hardy because Dan Hardy and that's about my only reason why. Dan Hardy was pretty cool back in the day. He had a few good fights. And then he fought GSP and everything went downhill yeah. after that. Yeah. I mean, realistically, though, I, I, I have no... I have any skin in this game, right? So yeah. I'm good with that fight. And, that, and as we move on, this is going to be a, a sad moment for me. Um, even though... He's favored and he's a local guy. Um, he cannot put it together. And we got Wellington Terman versus Jared Gooden. I feel um, bad, man. I like Wellington Terman too. I listen. I do too. But unfortunately, he can't. He can't get it together. Um, he had a, a two um, two nice wins. Well, one nice one. One of them was a split decision over Sam Alvey, which isn't saying much. But then he had a nice um, sub over Misha Serkinov, which was, was great. Good. But then it was just downhill. Yeah, downhill from there. Petrovsky, he lost the decision. And then rude boy Randy Brown, he lost the decision. I don't – he's favored here, and I'm really not sure why. Um – I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's at that caliber, even unless it goes down to straight grappling, but I think he gasses out way too fast. He has no tank, it's just all gas, no break, and then he's he's toast. Yeah, I agree, man. I think hundred percent, Jared Gooden, not good, but if I ever lay minus two hundred on Wellington Terman. I think I should I should get kicked off the internet. I think I should never be able to get on a computer ever again. Never be able to talk to anybody about betting ever again because he's not a minus two hundred fighter. He's that fighter that you get at plus three fifty plus, you know, something crazy, and you you know decide to to take the shot there. But at minus two hundred, mm-hmm. and Gooden can crack. I mean, Gooden's got power. He's got a little bit of. A little bit of that, uh, you know, power in his his overhands and those hooks and stuff. And Terman sometimes doesn't react well to punches. We've seen it multiple times. So I don't know. I don't think I'll bet Gooden, but I think I think I'll pick Gooden to win. Yeah, I'm not. I think I'm going to be a little bit more calculated with this card. I'm not. I'm not betting on on this one either. Um, I would love for Terman to win. I think we all know how he can do that, and that is going to be uh, by getting it to the ground. So he needs to he needs to do that. That's his only viable option for a win, I think. Yeah, he needs and a it's submission. Gotta be quick. That would be yeah, and it has to be in that first second round. He he doesn't have the tank to to keep it going. Yeah, I agree. I'm 100 percent with you, and I'm also I also agree. I'm gonna be a little tighter on this card too. Just Make sure to take my people that I really, really, really believe in. And then outside of that, you know, maybe a parlay or two, but nothing crazy. 
This is a tight card. There's a lot of fights that I think could go either way on this card. Yeah, and and that's I'm I'm with you on on that one. What do we got here? Oh uh, man, here we go. Now this now this is where it starts to get a little. The card starts to get a little tricky in here. Um, we have Ehor area is Rubalato. Um, this this to me seems a little lopsided. Um, just being as somebody making their UFC debut is is that much of a favorite. Um, granted, he's fighting out of Team Nogara. He's eleven and two. Um, he's got heavy hands. Um, but he's been he's been stopped. I think both of his losses, uh, he's been stopped. I think it's by the same guy, and we've seen him. Petrino, uh, Vitor Petrino, who's an absolute absolute hammer. That's both of his yeah. losses too, and he got knocked out both times. So that I can understand why. So technically, if you take out that one, you know, Kryptonite guy, he's he's eleven and and O, or if they only fought once, eleven and one. Um, but you look at Pateria, right? He, his only win, um, in the UFC is against a 40 year old Shogun Hua. Um, he lost to, um, Carlos Olberg knocked him out. Um, he's got the win over Shogun, um, and then he's got knocked out, um, standing TKO. To, I don't even know how to say the guy's name. Um, I think he could get finished. I think this could be a, a Bellato, uh finish. I don't like how he's that heavy of a favorite. So probably him by knockout is probably going to be minus 160 to 180, if I had to guess. Um, we're pretty early, early out for that line. Um, but this is something I might take under two and a half, um, or put him as as part of a parlay piece as a, a win by knockout. Yeah, I like this Bellato kid. You know, we've seen Petrino come into the UFC and he's doing well. And Bellato was was beating the shit out of him on the Contender series. Bellato is that dude, and then he got caught and knocked out because Petrino has world-ending power. I mean, the guy is like a ninja turtle. He's got muscles on his on his back that I've never even heard of before. But um, Bellato, yeah, he's he's a tough dude. I like I like his ground game a lot. I've seen a couple clips of him over his past six fights, and he has a really really developed ground game. And I think he could probably sub Poteria here if he wants to. Um, but I mean, me and all the homies hate Poteria. He's the guy who danced around the octagon. After he, you know, knocked out the shell of Shogun Hua and retired Shogun Hua, the legend of the game, guy who literally was one of the first frontline MMA guys, Uh, and he was thinking, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dance around the octagon after that. It's not a good look, but I think he probably gets finished here. I think Bellato finishes him, but yeah, like you said, you know, showing up. Your first UFC fight and you're minus five hundred, you know, I, I don't really think I would I would be comfortable betting him or putting him in a parlay unless it's him by sub or him by knockout or him by finish. 
If I got a good number on that, I'd think about it. But, you know, I'll wait for, for this and see how he fights here. This Praturia guy I don't think is that good. Um, he had that one win, and outside of that, he's he's been kind of shitty. So his name is kind of sick, though. The Duelist. That's kind of dope. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got dual, dual losses in his, his last three fights, so... Yeah, dude, he's about to have. He's about to be the the trioist. That's what he's about to be here. Yeah, yeah, I don't see it working out well for him. But hey, he does have the more experience, which is also something that you have to take in consideration. He's already made that walk for the UFC. Um, we'll see. A lot of these times, these these guys that are making their debuts, they want to do something big. They want to make a name for themselves. So what happens is they come out doing that and they can end up getting caught. So yeah, and Pretoria you know, does something. have hands. He has power. He he knocks a lot of people out. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not impossible that he catches Bellato. I mean that's Bellato's two losses, knockouts. Yeah. So yeah, so you know there's definitely a, a way um, to get it done, but we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to work in his favor, though, bottom line. I don't either. This next one should be good, though. We got uh, Steve Mean Machine Garcia versus Melquizel Costa. And, you know, this one is, is kind of the tale of old junkyard dog versus young coming into the UFC, you know, trying to make a name for himself. We got Steve Garcia, who's, you know, he's he's the kind of guy. We saw, I don't remember his name, uh, but he was barking in the octagon a couple weeks ago or a month or so ago. That's something Steve Garcia would do. He'd get his absolute shit rocked for two straight rounds, and then he'd be barking in the octagon in the third and get a finish. He's just that guy when it comes to, you know, having the, the tank, having the gas in the tank in that third round. He's coming off of a win over... Shailen Nurdenbeke, which he was not supposed to win, and then a win over Chase Hooper, which he was not supposed to win. And Costa is coming off of a win over Austin Lingo, which he looked really good, and lost to Tiago Moises, which Tiago Moises is a dog, absolutely nothing to, you know, be ashamed of there. But we got Costa sitting minus 200 here, uh, and I feel like that's probably about right. I think Garcia probably walks into Costa being a little bit more, you know, a little bit more timing oriented and maybe a little bit more of a sniper from the outside. Garcia is just, just going to walk forward and he's just going to take it on the chin. Um, so if Costa can, you know, stay on the outside, land some nice shots here and there. I do like between fights, he's been making a lot of changes and a lot of improvements. So I think he comes into this looking better than he did in that last fight, which he already looked pretty good in that last fight. So I think he's just going to take another step. I think he beat Steve Garcia, um, but I'm not willing to count Steve Garcia out. I'm not willing to, you know, say that Costa should be minus 300 or minus 350. I just don't think so. I think Garcia, it, he's going to make it a fight. It's going to be, it's going to be close, and it's going to be if he can, if he can get in the clinch, if he can just kind of pressure forward, he might. He's got a shot at winning this fight. So the minus 200 on Costa seems about right for me, but that's what I've got. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I mean. I agree with you. Um, the only thing I'm going to take away from Steve Garcia is that that win over Chase Hooper. I mean, 
when you say that he he wasn't supposed to when I know they're trying to push Chase Hooper and everything like that, but I mean Chase Hooper was still a a boy, you know. Even yeah, it's only a year ago. He's he's finally starting to to grow into himself. So I really don't want to, you know, give him too much uh, credit for that win. Um, I think uh, Casa is is going to be willing to stand and and grind it out. Um, I think he's going to be the uh, more skilled fighter, uh, um, and he's coming out of the, uh, another shoot to box gym. Um, I, he's got the experience, so I'm I'm on Costa. I might put him in as a parlay piece somewhere, um, but this is again this is another real close one that I, I'm not going to be laying um, any money on. Yeah, it's just another one that you know could go either way. Which there's a lot of them. Like I said, there's a lot of those fights on this card. I'm excited for this next one, dude. I'm really excited for this next one. Joe Selecki versus Drakkar Close. And it looks like Close is a small favorite here. And they both have the same exact lineup in their last five fights. They both had two wins, a loss, and then two wins with Joe Selecki coming off of Carl Deaton III and Alex Da Silva and Drakkar Close coming off of Hafa Garcia and Brandon Jenkins. I'll let you kick this one off, Tim. All right, well... They are they are close as in they both dropped one in their last five. Um, the records are pretty similar: thirteen and three, and thirteen two and one. The only difference is Joe Selecki lost to Jared Gordon, and Jakar Close lost to Benil Dariush. Um, I'm not a big Jared Gordon guy. I mean. I do think he beat uh, our buddy Patty. He did, but I don't think I don't think he's at that at that level. Um, even though Drakkar Close is five years older, I'm gonna have to still go with Drakkar. I, I think he's got more ways to win. Um, I think he's gonna be a little bit slicker, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. I'm definitely gonna put a little bit on Jakar, um, probably with uh, one or two of the the main and the co-main. Yeah, I think I think I agree completely. And we saw Close get grappled in his last fight, and I think that's going to be a similar story here. I think Selecki will have a few successful moments with the grappling, but then whenever it's on the feet or whenever it's in those in-between moments, I think Close is just going to have much more success when it comes to, you know, impressing the judges, landing strikes that mean stuff, looking better, all that sort of stuff. I think I think Close will have the advantage. And Close is getting old here. I've been a Drakkar Close fan for a while now. I've, I've kind of, I was kind of pissed when that whole thing with Jeremy Stevens happened because I really wanted to see that fight. Uh, I think Close had a high ceiling, but I think now he's kind of just timing out. He's going to be 36 before his next fight. Uh, he's 35 right now, 35 years and eight months. Um, but I think he has a lot of tools. He's a good fighter. Uh, he he kind of got broken by Benil Daryush there as well, which is was pretty crazy. That was 
He was putting Benil on the back foot and hurting him and stuff. Great fight. I mean, if you guys, if you're an MMA fan, you've probably seen that finish. It was nuts. He put Benil against the the cage and was landing some some bombs, and then all of a sudden, you know, Benil comes back and lands an absolute cannon, cannon, and Drakkar is just stumbling across the the octagon. Great fight, but yeah, I think I think Selecki. Probably, you know, gets a takedown in the first round, maybe maybe even early. And then Jakar gets up and, and lands some nice strikes and nice combos, and that sort of thing happens. And then we see Close come away with uh, another, you know, 29-28 or 30-27 decision. I don't really think anyone's getting finished here, but I'm definitely on Jakar Close. Let me go check the line as of right now. Yeah, he's minus 118. Yeah, thing... yeah so... The only thing I would maybe take a little flyer on is Selecki by sub. Yeah, um, I don't mind that. That would be it. I don't mind that at all because that's pretty much, in my opinion, his only path. That's going to have to – yeah. I like that. All right. Ooh, it's your boy. You better have the the nastiest, well, longest all, speech not, no. here, Tim. No. No, it's not. No, this just has to do. It's Cody Brundage, right? Versus Zach. Now, I do like the fact that um, Brundage is is a plus two ten. Um, I am gonna put a little on him. A because he is. A um, little bit more experience. Uh, he's got about 14, 14 fights compared to Zach Reese's um, six. Now, Zach Reese is also um, undefeated, right? Six and oh. Uh, I think he's all all finishes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all, all finishes. But he's going up, even though Cody Brundage has won what, two in his last five. Can't even call that um, last one a win. He won an Oscar in that last one. Well, he still won the fight, you know, any which way any which way you look at it. Here's the thing. Cody Brundage is an absolute, absolute dog. And I don't know if making your debut, it's a good idea to go against... Um, to go against Brundage. I think he could take this kid to deep waters. Um, if you look, um, the last time he got finished was to Michael... Oh, I can never say this guy's name. Okalis Chuck? Mikey O, baby. Right? Mikey That's o. my boy. Mikey O, yeah. Um, Rodolfo Vieira subbed him. Rodolfo Vieira, that's not a, a surprise. We all know how good Rodolfo Vieira is. Cedric uh, Dumas... Um, or Dumas, he went the distance with him, and then we got the disqualification win to the illegal elbow to the back ahead against Malcoon. Listen, this is this is gonna be uh, a win for for Brundage. I I can almost guarantee it. I can feel it. You're gonna guarantee it, and he's nine and five. He should be he should be eight and six right now. And you're guaranteeing him a win here? That's a ballsy move, Tim. I think, well, I don't want to guarantee it, but I'm highly, highly favorable 
um, for for him to get a win here. Interesting. I think he Just, gets I don't know, finished. I don't know what it is. You think so? Yeah, dude. I think he's gonna get finished. I don't. I watched this Zach Reese guy on Contender Series. And I don't know if he's all that great. I just, I just kind of think Cody Brendage is should be done. I mean, he's, he's not all that great. I think he, uh, he should be four in a row, and he seems to have about one round of cardio. He seems to be able to fight. He never loses the first two minutes or three minutes of the fight, the first round. But then after that, he just kind of fucking breaks. He just, he just kind of sometimes he gives up. Like, I've seen that in that fight where he got submitted, which, again, it's Rodolfo Vieira. I mean, I wouldn't get submitted by him, but, you know, that's me. I'm just a different beast than Cody Brundage. Uh, But, you know, Cody Brundage, I will give you this, Tim. I will give you this. He does make developments. Like, I see shit from him. And it's like, oh, he's he's really trying really hard. Like I see him and he's he's got things between fights. It's like, okay, he's working on some shit. He he's figuring some shit out between fights. But it just never seems to amount to wins. I don't know if the UFC is giving him bad matchups on purpose, but like Jacob Malcoon is a dog. Jacob Malcoon is gonna come forward for three full rounds and never get tired. And Cody Brundage does get tired. They gave him Rodolfo Vieira. A fucking boa constrictor. A guy who would literally kill every other human on the earth if you couldn't punch each other. Like, they're not giving him any favors here. Uh, I think what's going to happen is Cody Brundage is going to have to wrestle here. Because Zach Reese is 6'4", 77-inch reach, and he has a lot, a lot of power in his hands. Uh, I watched one of his other fights on YouTube that I found, and dude cracks. He cracks really, really, really hard in that first round. So I think Brundage going to have to wrestle in that first round. Um, and I can see him gassing out after about two minutes and then getting bonked. But, you know, this is, again, another one of those situations where it's someone making the UFC debut and they're also minus 200. That's not really my jam. I'm not really into betting guys who have never fought in the UFC at minus 200. So... I can see where you're coming from on the bet on Cody Brundage. I'm just not a a big CB backer. You know what I'm saying? He's he's not no, really my listen, cup of tea. Here's the, I don't know, here's the thing though. He trains with Anthony Smith, Doug Kobe, um, Brandon Rival, uh, Alexander Hernandez. Like he's he's in the right gym. I think he's training with guys that have. I mean, shit. You know, training with these guys, you know, Jacoby's got almost 30 fights. And, and you know what I mean, these guys are, are legit. So I just think that there's more experience that he has, even though he's in five, training with the guys he's training with. Yeah, but the real question is, is just does he have the hardware? Because some dudes have the hardware. Like they just, they have the chin and they have the, the athletic ability to, you know, get stamina in the second round in the third round because everybody's tired after five minutes like literally every single fighter of all time is definitely tired it's just do they have the ability to to you know continue to you know have that second win that third win whatever it is be able to push and and it seems like Cody Brunson just doesn't have that hardware and he also like he gets hit and he does not react well 
No, but the only one to finish him recently was was Mikey O. Yeah, Mikey um, O's got hands. That's what I'm saying. And then and then Knight back in uh, 2020 on the Contender Series. So that's the whole thing too. How are you gonna lose contenders? But yeah, get He's got it. I'm telling you, he's got it. He just needs to put it together. All right. I'll I'll be I'll be watching your boy Cody this weekend. I'll be I might even be cheering for you a little bit here. See Listen, if we can not, get a good. It's one. not the sex. It's not the sexiest, but it's it's a guy that will go in there and absolutely chuck him. How do you think he's gonna win? You think he's gonna finish him, or you think he's gonna go to decision? <sighs> probably decision. Decision. He'll, he'll probably he'll probably the first round might be. Uh, it'll be a questionable, maybe one one judge will have it ten eight um, against him, and then he should win the second and third. Okay, all right. I think I think, he, I think he's got that dog. I think he's gonna drop the first and then win the next two. All right, I'll uh, I'll be watching for it. This Reese guy kind of reminds me of like a a Joe Pfeiffer, sort of a sort of a body and sort of a fight style. So. I'm interested to see how he does here. Because if he bonks Cody Brundage, then I'll be willing to maybe bet him in the future. But right now, I, I can't bet this. Minus 200. Debuting guy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Now we're getting into the good. This, the goods. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Just, just <laughs> yet. So we got Misha Tate versus Julia Avia. Um, Misha Tate hasn't fought in what, almost almost a year and a year and a half ago. It doesn't seem like it was that long. Wow, almost a year and a half ago, and Julia uh, Alvia hasn't fought in two and a half years. Um, honestly, I I do not care. I, this is a, a novelty fight, um, as far as I'm concerned. Is this a new? Is this a new weight class? Misha Tate is she? No, she. What was she just fighting? So she she fought at one thirty five, and then in her last fight, she just went down to one twenty five to see if she was you know gonna look good, and she looked absolutely awful. So now she's just going back up to one thirty five. Was and that was against Lauren Murphy, yeah. But then she did lose to to Ketlin Vieira. Um. Yeah, and then she had that co-main event against Renault. Listen, I, I I don't know what to. I really don't know what to tell people on this one, because Misha Tate is she does not look good, right? Physically, she looks fit, healthy, um, like she could do it. But it's just uh, the speed. It's not. It's not there. Uh, but then going against Julia uh, Avia, I mean, she hasn't fought in two and a half years. So how much rust is there going to be um, on her? And she's the favorite. She's minus one sixty. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't. I don't understand it. So obviously, they're thinking that even though she's coming off. A two-year layoff. He's he's gonna come out there and and get rid of Misha Tate. 
it doesn't make sense to me, and especially that they're similar in age. So it's not it's not anything like that. I don't know I don't know why they have her as as a slight favorite. She was like she was a pretty yeah. highly thought of prospect before she took this long layoff, which I think it's she like got injured and then she had a kid or something is why she hasn't fought in a while. Um but she was I remember right, she was People thought pretty highly of her when she came into the UFC. You know, everyone was was pretty interested in what she had to offer. And she did, you know, look pretty decent there for a while. Like, she beat Panny Kianzad, which, you know, whatever. She beat Gina Mazzani, which, you know, Gina had an okay-sized name for a while. She lost to Sajara Eubanks, and then she beat Stolarenko, which Stolarenko's been okay in her last couple fights. It's not terrible, but now Avia's 35. You know, 35, you just had a kid. You haven't fought in two years. Like, what are we supposed to think about that? And you're fighting Misha Tate, which, with all due respect to Misha Tate, I don't think you're a very good fighter. Um... But you you have like the the absolute war in you. Like you're you're coming forward. Misha Tate is always gonna be coming forward. She's tough as nails. I mean, technically I don't think she's all that all that great of a MMA fighter. These new age women's MMA uh, you know, fighters are just a little bit different level of, you know, technique than she's used to, and that's why she hasn't had a lot of success since she came back. And partly she's thirty seven, so you take your pick here. 37-year-old fighter who doesn't really have the skill set to succeed in modern MMA versus 35-year-old MMA fighter who just had a baby uh, and has not fought in two years. I don't think you can really pick either of them really confidently. But what I do know is Avia at least has a little bit sharper skill set when we last saw her. Tate looked absolutely terrible in that last fight so i don't know man it's tough i i i feel like this is a trap line whereas people are gonna are gonna see the name value and say misha tate plus plus money going against julia avia you know and you're only as good as your last fight and unfortunately Nobody remembers Julia Avia's uh, last fight. So I think people are going to hammer the plus money. And I think it's going to be the wrong side. I think uh, for that reason, um, I think Avilia is going to get it done. Just for that reason of, of how tricky this line is. I think it could be, I think it could be a trap. Yeah, people are going to know Misha Tate for sure. My friends who that's, don't even know MMA know Misha Tate. That's it's one of those things. I I don't. And Misha, I mean, she has looked terrible the last last two fights. Um, even in her win, I didn't. Uh, yeah, dude, she looked god awful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Renault looked even worse, but I don't think she looks good. I think it. I don't know. Maybe she gets a win that hangs it up, but I don't. I'm not touching this one either. Isn't Renault uh, like 67 years old? Yeah, she's yeah. 66. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying, bro. Is Misha Tate like... 
I just don't think she's got what it takes to compete in modern MMA. But, you know. Oh, speaking of uh, older gentlemen or older MMA fighters, Clay, the carpenter Guida. Dude, I grew up watching him. He was like my dad's favorite fighter when I was a kid. I remember he'd be like, Clay Guida, and, you know, act like he had long hair and shit. Um, dude is going to be, he's literally going to be 42 on fight night. That's, that's insane. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty high, you know, you got a lot of damage on your body after 42 years of age, your record is 38 and 23. That's some shit we don't see very often for Clay Guida. And he's fighting Joaquin Silva, who, you know, he's 35. He's not He's not a spring chicken himself. He's 12-4 and four coming off that loss against Armin Sarukian, which, you know, it was a good loss to Armin Sarukian. We don't, you know, you usually don't hear people say good loss or, you know, usually, oh, there's no good loss. That was a good-ass loss. He knocked down Armin Sarukian. He fucking almost finished him in that round as well he got on him and was landing some nice shots and then you know obviously Sarukian came out on top with with the ground and pound and just being an absolute animal but he had his moments against Armin Sarukian and then in Clay Guida's last we saw him lose to Alpha Garcia which I was actually uh, at that fight which was pretty sick and we saw Clay Guida fake retire afterwards which was yep. which was pretty interesting. Um, I'll keep this one short and simple here. I think Clay Guida is just over the hill, and I think you know Silva's all right. He's good enough to win this fight. With that said, you know I'm not gonna be betting Joaquin Silva at minus three hundred or above against anyone in the UFC, let alone a guy like Clay Guida. I want to be able to cheer for Clay here, so I'm gonna pick Joaquin Silva to win. But my heart will be cheering for Clay Guida. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards Guida, just from the experience uh, aspect of it as well. I can see. I don't know how he does it, but I can. He can just take a beating and absolutely <laughs> just keep going forward. Yo. So I, I think the same thing that got uh, Silva in trouble with Sarukian. And happen here not on that level though. I, I want to make that clear. I'm not saying Clay Guida is is Armin Sarukian, but if Clay can weather that storm, um, I think I think he could be able to to get it done. I I mean, Silva in his last five fights, he's been he's been finished. All of his losses, he's been finished. You know, Clay's uh, losses are uh, a decision, uh, a submission to a knee bar, which you're going to tap immediately if you want to have a long, nice long career, and then a split decision over Mark Madsen. So they're not, you know what I mean? They're not the same type of, of losses here. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Clay Guida. I mean... Not heavy by any means, but I think he he can get it done. He's gonna he's another one of those guys that could just weather that storm and then put it on. The energy that he has in that first ten seconds of the fight, 
same energy that he's going to have last 10 seconds of that fight. You know he's going to go full throttle and push the pace. So for that reason, I like I like me a little bit of that Clay Guida. Yeah, bro. I I also just love how Clay Guida, you know, he brings it every single fight before the fight too. Like he's fucking amped. He's getting slapped in the face by his brother. He is absolutely amped before every single fight. And it always feels like you're watching like a legend. I know Clay Guida is, you know, he never won a title or anything, but to me it still feels big to watch him fight for some reason. Whenever he fights, I'm always like super interested in watching and just keeping my full attention on it because it's Clay fucking Guida. For some reason, his name just holds a lot of value. But um, I would love for him to have a Robbie Lawler moment, you know, where he, he comes out and he gets that win and then he retires and we get a dope-ass video. You know, we get one of those um, crazy videos of... of uh, you know, all of his wins, him knocking people out, him, you know, submitting people, yeah. him being a, an absolute dog through his career. I would love to see one of those situations. Uh, I don't know if it'll be here, if it'll be his next fight or the next one afterwards or something like that. But, you know, I'll be waiting for that day. Maybe I'm just saying I'm a Clay Guida fan. Maybe that's the short way of, of saying what I'm trying to say. Yeah, oh, probably. Dude. This fight's fun too. This is gonna be a fun fight. Someone's going down here. Someone is, someone is getting clipped and and not waking up. What do we got here? It's Punale Soriano versus Dustin Stolfus. Kick us off, Tim. So I think this is what the kids say when they say uh, the battle of mids. <laughs> right? Yo, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. No, this is this is to see who gets to keep their job. That's pretty much what this is. There, you win this fight or you don't have a job. I think I think what they would really really like is for a Soriano to get the win here. Um, granted, these guys are about the same age, um, but I do feel. Um, being with Couture, Soriano, that is. Um, I think he is with the better gym. I think he is. I don't know if he's made the right um, adjustments. But <sighs> Stolfoots is, is terrible, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. There's not much stake. Um Besides these guys having having a job, it's not going to affect any standings. Um, is this on? Is this not on? This is on the main card. Does this, this is kick the opener. Off the main card, or it's got to be. Yeah, this no. is the opener. Yo, this is the kickoff. All right, so there. Here's what I would do then. This is going to be um, an under two and a half, or under one and a half uh, prop. Popular, um, absolutely. Dog walk Soriano. Um, we we actually hit that one right. We had Kapilovich. Yep, Kapilov is um, our boy. But he lost to I mean lost to Brendan Allen, which that aged really really well. And then Nick Maximoff, who I'm not not a big fan of of Maximoff coming out of 
uh, training with um, Diaz boys. But then you look at Dustin Solskjaer. He lost uh, Abus Magomedov, who is fucking straight hurt. Dude, buns, dude. And in his best win, his only recent win is against Dwight Grant in the last three years. Bro, so, Dwight Grant. <laughs> oh yeah. God. So, so I'm gonna go. I'll go Soriano to win. Will I put money on him? No, I'll put it on the under two and a half or under one and a half, depending on uh, what has the the better um, line. But this isn't going to distance. This is going to be someone. Someone's getting finished, um, or it's going to be a really boring fight. It's going to be a quick finish or a boring fight because these guys know their jobs on the line. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to run with Soriano by knockout. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's plus, you know, two hundred or plus two fifty. That would be ideal. I would have some money on that if it's. If it's above plus one fifty, then I'll have some money on it for sure. I think I think he can knock Stolzfus out. Soriano's got power. I think he's he's kind of the the better overall MMA fighter here, and I think the UFC wants him to win. He's got more power. Stolzfus coming off of he got absolutely fucking clocked by Abus Magomedov, who we found is maybe the worst Russian fighter of all time. Like, the guy sucks. Absolutely awful. Terrible. Bad. Yeah. Not good. And Stolzfus got knocked out, you know, one punch or something. You know, it was it was quick. It was like one little doink and he was, he was on the canvas. And Soriano's got that type of power. Soriano's got, you know, we don't know exact numbers. We need to get him on that punching machine. But he might have more power than a bus. Soriano's got real, real power. Um, yeah. So for me, I think it's Soriano by knockout, and I I think that's probably a pretty high clip here. At least it should be. All right. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, you know, they're just expecting fireworks with that one. I think, to be honest with you. Hopefully, that's that's, that's how they want to open it. Yeah. This is my big. This is my big fight of the night. This is where I've got. You know, most of my eggs are gonna be in this basket. So I'll let you I'll let you lead us off and then I'll I'll run off on a long old tangent. Um Alright, so this is Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum. Um Sean was on a absolute tear um until he ran into Bilal Muhammad. I don't think any of us saw that coming, um, but it did. He uh, and he got finished um, rather shockingly. Um, but what I do know for Kelvin Gastelum is I think he is a little bit underrated, and I think his record um, really deters of how good he actually is. The only thing I'm concerned about with Kelvin Gastelum now is dropping down, and he's fighting uh, at 170. Um, I think, honestly, this is going to be a, a tougher fight than than Sean Brady expects. Um, and you're not going to like this. 
you're not going to like it, but I think Kelvin Gasol can win a decision here. I think just from him fighting, and if you look at his his losses, he's lost to Cannoneer, Whitaker, Hermanson um, by a sub, right? Darren Till, old Darren Till, like older version, or I should say younger version, um, Darren Till, and then he took Izzy, Izzy to a place I don't think Izzy's ever been to um, when he was at that point in his career. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sean Brady by decision. Sean Brady by decision or Kelvin Gastelum? Sean Brady by decision. Sean Brady by decision. All right. I'm all over the. I, think, I, I know I just talked Kelvin Gastelum up. But I, I think this is this is a major moment for for Sean Brady. I don't think I, I want to see the weight cut, but I don't think it's going to be good for Kelvin cutting the weight. And I I think Sean Brady should win. All right, that's uh, that's kind of the whole reason I think Kelvin Gastelum is the underdog here. Is that whole weight cut, and and a lot of people are worried about it because if we look at him like skill for skill. Sean Brady is going to have to get a takedown and choke him out in the first round or second round here. It's going to have to be early in the fight because Kelvin Gastelum is that guy who's going to walk you down and he's going to throw combinations on you when you're tired and that's how he's going to win the fight. And he does that much fucking better than Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad, I mean, hasn't knocked out. He could. My grandma could probably survive three rounds with Bilal Muhammad. And he knocked out Sean Brady in the third round. I don't know how it happened. Don't know why it happened. Kind of felt like it was, you know, a different world or a different fucking quantum physics something. Something was going on. There was a break in the rift between worlds. And Bilal Muhammad knocked out Sean Brady. I don't know how. It was it was something crazy. Um, but I think when that happens to you from Bilal Muhammad, I think Kelvin Gaslam is going to do dirty things to you on the feet. And Kelvin Gastelum also, people don't really don't really know this about Kelvin Gastelum, really, really great wrestler. So if he can just defend a couple takedowns, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna put it on Sean Brady on the feet. And I think it's gonna be surprising to a lot of people how well Kelvin Gastelum can fight over three rounds as long as he can keep off his back. He can get taken down, you know, here or there. That's not a big deal. Um, but as long as he doesn't spend 10 minutes on his back. In over this fight, which that's kind of the way that Sean Brady's going to have to win. The other thing I really don't like is Sean Brady's out there making excuses about that Bilal Muhammad fight. He's out there saying, you know, this this and this happened. That's the reason I lost. I beat Bilal Muhammad 9 out of 10 times. First off, Bilal Muhammad beat the living fuck out of you. Second off, Bilal Muhammad is a damn good fighter. So, like, if you're going to take an L, at least take an L like a man and be like, you know, Bilal Muhammad's a good fighter. Credit to him. He beat me. You know, whatever. You don't have to say all the, well, this happened, and I would beat him nine times out of ten if we fought. If we fought nine more times, I'd beat him every time. You know, you just sound like a crybaby. Yeah. You're just trying to justify it for your for your mind. I think Kelvin Gastelum gets it done here. Uh, he's plus 110. He's kind of floating between plus 110 and plus 120 around. I just think he's going to stuff a couple takedowns, and he's going to put some stuff on Sean Brady that... That's uncomfortable for Sean Brady, um, and I don't think I don't think he'll react well, you know, after the first round. The first round will tell a lot, but I just don't think Gaslam should be the dog here 
but it's going to be that weight cut, like you said. I'm, I'm going to be looking at, if the weight cut looks bad, I will be, uh, you know, ready to potentially cash out. I will be ready to make a decision on whether or not I want to keep that bet open or just, just cash it out. Or I'll just put, you know, same amount of money on Sean Brady to win the same amount of money so that I just, you know, completely even. But uh, whatever it is, I'm feeling Kelvin Gaslam right now, and I've got a couple units on him. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's it's bad. I think did I surprise you by switching to Sean Brady? Yeah, dude, I thought you were gonna go with the fridge for a second. I was like, what the hell, Tim? I thought you were you were a Sean Brady, dude. I th- I, I don't I don't think. I don't think the weight cut. I think that's gonna be. I think it's gonna be an issue. Yeah. It. Do you remember what was what was Gaslam fighting at when he was on uh, Ultimate Fighter? I think it was one seventy, wasn't it? I don't think so. Because then Dana forced him to go up once he missed weight like three times in the UFC. Because he just he just fucking smokes weed and shows up high and shit and. Like, and then he, he finally, like, got himself kind of together before that last fight. Well, that was a great fight, that Chris Curtis fight. That yeah, was so an awesome was, fight. So he was, yeah, so he was 170. So yeah, if that you makes had sense. The issue, let me ask you this then. So if you had the issue at, you know, eight years ago of making 170, you know, then how the hell are you going now, as you're older, to to making, to going back to make 170? I think, dude, it doesn't I, get easier. It doesn't get easier as you get older. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a hard weight cut. It's all gonna depend on whether or not he can, like, have the discipline when it comes to this week, and also. Like the past couple months, bro. It all depends on if the people in his camp are keeping him accountable. Because we knew when he was at 185 that he was not a 185er. But he was still, I mean, he almost beat Israel Adesanya. So you can't say he wasn't having success at 185. But everyone saw his frame. We all were like, yo, you're not a 185er. Like you'd, you'd have a lot of success at 170. And I think if he can finally latch on to the discipline, because I mean, he was always talking about smoking weed and, you know, eating cupcakes, you know, before fights and shit when he was at 185. And everyone was like, oh, this dude's just kind of a head case when it comes to weigh-ins. If he can shore that up, I'm going to just say it now, you know, before he's, if he wins this fight, he might be a top 10 guy, who knows. But before this fight, if he can shore it up at 170, dude is is a top five 170 pounder in the world. I I truly believe that Kelvin is one of those guys. He is like a, a legitimate mixed martial artist with a lot of fucking experience against the best guys in the world. And not to mention the best guys in the world, a weight class up. But it just, I mean, there's so many what ifs there. There's so many fucking what ifs. What if he makes weight? What if he stays disciplined? What if he, you know, actually follows through? What if he can do it once, but he can't do it twice? You know, there's just so many questions about him. But, you know, here's me with money on him. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, the weight. That's going to be a major, major factor. Yeah. 
I wish I probably oh. honestly would have felt differently about this fight if I didn't see Sean Brady making excuses on social media. That that bothers me. When fighters do that, that bothers me. Like just based on how you're going to perform when you're making excuses for yourself. Yeah, but you don't know how maybe that motivates them, you know. Yeah, it could um, be different fighter to fighter. Your buddy uh What's his name? He just he just won over Aljo. Sugar Sean, excuse machine. He's an excuse machine, dude. He thinks he thinks he's undefeated, but remember? um, Yeah, bro. My 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 boy, that's gonna fight him. Cheeto, uh, finish him. Yeah, bro. Sean has got excuses for why he lets other dudes fuck his wife. He's got excuses for why. Yeah. Have you seen all that all that jazz? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I don't know. That's that's between him and his wife, just like Ian Gary and his wife, whatever that that whole thing's about. <laughs> and Sean um, Strickland is somehow in it now too. They got some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a little love Sean, triangle Sean going. Yeah, but yeah, Sean gets involved in everything. Did you see all, Sean? All Sean. <laughs> he gets involved with all the Seans and their wives. Um, did you see Sean? Someone tried to break into his house and he like ran out there with a gun and he looked like, like, bro, it looked like he was about to kill him. Cause we've all heard Sean talk about, you know, he always, he always thinks about killing people and how that's like his fantasy for life. He ran out there yeah. like the Terminator. Like he was going to choke someone to death with his bare hands and like rip their face off or something. It was insane. He like walked with yeah. the, the nastiest walk I've ever seen. I was like, please, Sean, don't kill this guy. I don't want you to go to jail and then never be able to fight again. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll probably read something at, at some point. Hopefully not, but that seems the the trajectory. Um, Body in his closet, me. sort of a deal. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Hope, like I said, hopefully not, but none of that shit would surprise me. No, same here. And I even, you know, kind of like Sean Strickland after he beat Adesanya. So hopefully he just he just stays stays who he is, keeps his hands off of civilians, keeps his gun pointed away from civilians, and we can just watch him fight for a whole career. Oh, dude. Oh. This fight here, bro. And, and this is all... Let me go first on this one because I think this is gonna be, um, this is gonna be an easy one. Rob Font versus Davison Figueredo. Um, I'm on Figgy, uh, all day at plus money here, just for the simple fact that we all saw what Corey Sanhagen did to Rob Font. Rob Font is a stand-up fighter. Um, granted, he looked great against uh, Adrian Yanez, right? But that's when he could he could dictate it. Um, he lost to Cheeto. Uh, he lost to Aldo. And then he beat uh, Cody Nolove two, two and a half years ago. Um, Figueredo, thank God he's not fighting Brandon Moreno. That's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, bro. I'm so over all those fights. Thank fucking um, God. But here's the thing. Figgy, Figgy's a world champion. 
Alright, Figgy is 21-3-1. Um, Figueroa is going to take him down. And he's probably going to submit him, to be honest with you. Um, that's how I see this playing out. I will take the money line, though. Um, at plus money on Figueredo, I think that's that's a pretty pretty safe bet. I think that win over Giannis, I don't know if it was what it was. Um, I don't want to say if it was. It, it's not luck. Um, obviously, these are highly skilled uh, athletes. But it just might have been a, a, a blip. I think it was a, a fool Jew fight, and we thought maybe he could do something against uh, Stan Hagen. Um, but that did not pan out. So I'm, I'm going Figgy uh, by, by sub um, or by decision. But I think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna win. Yeah, so I've been a big Rob Font fan. You know, I've always been on my boy Font. I was against him or I was on him against Yanez when he was a big underdog. He was like plus one eighty there or something. Something fucking nuts. Um I was on him against Cody No Love. I was on him against uh Aldo. So I've been I've been on him quite a bit, and I'm a, I'm a fan of him. I think I think he had a lot of upside. He's one of those guys that you know had a lot of upside and then broke his face. <laughs> I think it was Cheeto broke his fucking face, and he just he hasn't been able yeah. to recover from that. And he just he doesn't have the hardware to be a world champion. He's got the skills to be a world champion when it comes to you know. Dude could honestly probably knock out anybody on the feet and and go the go the full five with anybody on the feet, you know he he's shown that against guys like Aldo, but he just doesn't have the hardware to survive those fights. Like he, when he gets hit, he doesn't react well. Um, and I think Figueroa can hit him like that. I think Figueroa's got the power to hit him like that. And then you add on Figueroa being able to grapple with him. You know we've got we've got quite a bit of. Quite a bit of reasoning to be on Figueredo there. And then also Figueredo's plus money here. It doesn't really make sense to me why Figueredo's plus money. Because most of the justification I can think of would be, you know, Font's big at 135 and Figueredo's an old, you know, 125-er. But the thing is, is Figueredo's always been big for 125. He was almost missing weight. He missed weight to win the title. So that they had to to rebook that fight after he borderline killed Joseph Benavidez. Borderline had a manslaughter charge there. Like Joseph Benavidez woke up yeah. seeing ghosts and screaming. And they had to rebook it because Figueredo missed weight. He's a big 125er. He probably should have been at 135 already. But they made us endure his best years of his entire career uh, fighting Brandon Moreno 17 times. You know, we just wasted four years of his career, his prime, his prime four years, ages 31 to 35. We watched him fight Brandon Moreno over and 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 over, um, which kind of pisses me off because I would have liked to see Figgy fight some other people. But I think Figgy gets it done here. I really do. He can, I think he can, he can land the more powerful shots. He could knock out Rob Font. He also could grapple and submit him just like you were talking about Rob Font uh, if he's going to win, it's going to have to be a perfectly executed game plan. And how often does MMA work out perfectly? Hardly ever. You hardly ever get your game plan to a T, you know, perfect. 
exactly what you needed. You know, you, you'd need Figueredo not to go for takedowns. Then you'd need Figueredo not to have more power on his shots than you. And then you'd need to be able to just last three full rounds jabbing him and have Figueredo not make any adjustments. There's just a lot of things that Font would need to have go his way. When Figueredo, I think he can, he could, Figueredo could get knocked down in this fight and then end up in a better place because they're on the fucking ground. Figueredo could get, you know, pushed back and then end up in a better place because he has more power off his back foot. There's a lot of ways Figueredo can win this. And so I'm on Figgy here. I think, I think he's going to be my other pick. Yeah. Uh, him and Kelvin Gaslam are going to be kind of my two underdog boys. And I'm looking at a third in one of these top two fights. Maybe, maybe I'll end up with four. Who fucking knows? But as of right now, I do like Figueredo here. Yeah. All right. So we're we're the same on that. Yeah, I actually like Figgy a lot. All there. right. So. So we had a switch out on on this um, card uh, for this for this fight is it was Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green. Now we have Jalen Turner uh, versus Bobby Green. Yes, um, sir. They have they have. Moderate minus two fifty favorite, um, coming off of two losses, going against the plus two hundred dog, Bobby Green, um, coming in off of two wins. Um, I am gonna be honest. I think. I think I, I'm a little too unsure about this one. I think it can go two ways. I think Bobby Green can do what we just saw him do against Grant Dawson. Um, but then I can also see if um, Jalen Turner can get Bobby Green down. I can see him getting a sub. But the only thing is I don't know who's going to try and take him down. You, you know what I mean? Or... Obviously, it would have to be Jalen Turner, but I don't know if we have enough of a track record of somebody taking Bobby Green down besides Islam Makachev. Yeah, this one I'm this one I'm gonna enjoy. Um, I'm not gonna have any action on it. Um, I do think the future is bright for Jalen Turner, and I also think that Bobby Green has had this great resurgence. Um, but it also depends how this first round goes. Um, just for the simple fact that Jalen Turner looked great the first round against Dan Hooker and then absolutely fell apart. Um, fell apart to a, a guy that won a split decision with half of his face hanging off, a broken arm. I mean, it's, and that was, and that was four months ago. He took a beating from Dan Hooker. Yeah, dude. Oh gosh. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle a little on Bobby Green here as a dog, because Bobby Green's coming in here, um, fresh as a daisy. Um, he had one bad, 
half a round against Tony Ferguson and then beat the brakes off of him, finished him with a, a, a sub in the last, you know, what, minute of the the final round. And yep. then absolutely flatlined Grant Dawson. I like Bobby Green here at plus 200. Um, I don't think, think Jalen Turner... One, I think this is coming back way too fast, and I don't think Jalen Turner is did what he needed to do after after losing to to Gamera. Even though it was a split decision, what he showed in that Dan Hooker fight seemed like uh, regression to me. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Bobby Green, but I wouldn't be surprised if he could sub sub Green in the first round. To be to be 100 percent honest. Yeah, man, here's the thing. You know, I got to keep myself in check because after Bobby Green was plus four or something against Grant Dawson and we hammered it and then he knocked him out, I'm kind of a Bobby Green homer now. I've never really been a big fan of Bobby Green. Um, But, I mean, that was the smash spot of the year. I couldn't figure out why it was that line and all that shit. And so now we're getting Bobby Green against a much better fighter in Jalen Turner. And, you know, you said his future is bright, and I 100% agree. I just think his future is bright at 170. I don't think he can make 155 consistently here. He he missed weight four months ago, got the shit beat out of him, and now he's taking a last-minute replacement, well, not last-minute, but short-notice replacement opportunity when he can hardly make weight with a full camp. That's that's kind of tough to yeah. me. And then you have to factor in, you know, if he does make weight, how much is it going to take out of him? Because last fight, you know, you don't you don't make weight, you got 3 pounds there or 2 pounds actually cuz he, he missed you had only had to be 156. You got two pounds. You did not have to cut that final two pounds. So you basically had it a little bit easier than if you would have cut those final two pounds. He cuts those full final two pounds. How different does that Dan Hooker fight look? Because he already looked tired, depleted. His chin didn't look all that good in that fight. You know, he had his moments in that early. Uh, but how much would that have that final two pounds have taken out of that? We, we'll never know. But that's where I get I get a little bit caught up moving into this Bobby Green fight. Bobby Green, big underdog, but Bobby Green can make 156 in his sleep. Bobby Green, slick yeah. boxing, fast hands. You know, he's he's more precision than power. He's kind of that I'm I'm not comparing him to Conor McGregor, but he's that sort of a deal where he doesn't hit like he's not like gonna fucking overhand you into oblivion, but he hits you right in the right spot where you're not expecting it, and that's that's what's gonna put you down, and that's what put Grant Dawson down. It was the sneakiest little punch, and I just I just feel like he might be able to catch Jalen Turner. I feel like he might be able to catch that chin, and and put him down. And Jalen Turner, he looked really really bad in that final round of the Dan Hooker fight. He looked. Like he was, you know, not in shape, but the guy had 0% body fat. You know, the guy was absolutely shredded to the gills, you know, and he just looked like he he wasn't able to continue. He looked like he was, you know, had no stamina, nothing left in the tank. And I think Bobby Green he pushes a little bit of a pace on him. Bobby Green's a little bit sneaky to, to hit. 
I think he could. I think he could take this one from Jalen, especially that short notice. That's big here because Jalen Turner, like I said, he has trouble with weight. He's also, you know, coming off of his first weight miss. That's going to play in his mind, and also, you know, cutting those final two. We don't know if that's going to be positive, negative, whatever. I don't know. Bobby Green's got a lot in his favor here, and I think I think he could find the chin of Jalen Turner, which. A lot of people, a lot of people I've seen on Jalen Turner here pretty heavily. A lot of people fading Bobby Green, but Bobby Green's a dog. Bobby Green is is that guy. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one, man. All right, dude. Main event time. Five rounds. This is a great fight. This is the exact perfect fight for the division right now. This is a great fucking fight. We have Benil Dariush versus Armin Sarukian. And Benil Dariush, 22-5-1. Guy's a world beater. Guy has, you know, no gi world championships in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then he started to put his hands together. That was what changed for Benil Dariush. He was about to be cut from the UFC. And then he starts to put his hands together and realizes, oh, I have power. I'm pretty slick here. And then he goes on this crazy streak. He beat Scott Holtzman, Diego Ferreira, Tony Ferguson. He beat Gamrot. And when I when I say he beat Gamrot, he beat the shit out of Gamrot. Like, actually beat Gamrot. Um, and then lost to Charles Oliveira, which Charles Oliveira is one of the best mixed martial artists on the planet right now not to mention he's one of the the highest momentum martial artists on the planet right now so losing charles Oliveira, it's whatever it's charles Oliveira. he's he's one of the best 155ers we've ever seen uh and then armin sarukian on the other hand in his last five he beat christos Giagos. he beat yoel alvarez he lost to gamrot in a very close decision that was a very, very close decision. Could have gone either way. One of the best, uh, you know, young fights that we've seen because both those guys are up-and-comers at 155. It was it was a great technical fight. He beat Demir Ismagulov, and then he beat Joaquin Silva, which we, we just talked about earlier where Silva, you know, knocked him down and put him in a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, hot water there. And for me... Um, I am leaning Benil Daryush here. I'm leaning Benil Daryush because I know what he has on the ground. And I think he can subdue Sarukian's ground attack. And I don't really have faith in Sarukian's, you know, striking. I feel like we've already seen this exact fight before. Because Sarukian and Gamera are very similar fighters. They lack on the feet, but they're very, very good grapplers. And they're very, very high pace. We saw that fight already. Gamrot was pushing the pace on Daryush, trying to get takedowns, couldn't get them, and Daryush was piecing him up on the feet. And I feel like this could be a very, very similar fight where Sarukian kind of gets pieced up on the feet. He might even, you know, we saw his chin get checked in that last fight. I think Daryush has more power than Joaquim Silva. So it's it's kind of dicey, though, because... Benil Daryush is getting older, and Sarukian is a young up-and-comer, 27 years of age, making improvements between every fight. He's one of those guys that 
you would want to ride all the way to a belt or a championship fight. You'd want to just not fade until he gets to like a title fight. But Benil Daryush is a fucking brick wall, man. He's 34. That's the later end of your prime, but that's still your prime. This dude is, is not going to get outgrappled by anyone in the UFC. He's not going to get outgrappled by anyone in the UFC. That's just a fact. This dude is a legend on the, the BJJ circuits. It just comes down to who's going to win the striking, in my opinion. And, and I don't really fucking know, but I kind of want to lean underdog with Benil Daryush. What are you thinking, Tim? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on Daryush. Um, I think the level of competition has been um, significantly different. Um, we saw what happened when Sarukian um, got tested with Gamrot. Yeah. Um, fortunately, he took he took the loss, and then they gave him the Ismagulov fight, and then um, which we thought would be a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of how to how to word it. I thought that would be a lot better of a fight, to be honest with you. But then that was when Ismagulov was like, oh, I might retire. I don't know. You know what I yep. mean? Um, and he looked like he did not he did not give a shit. Um, so I think, I, I think due to the fact that, you know, Silva almost finished him. Um, Sarukian that is uh, in some lower level of competition... I think I think that Dariush is gonna get it done. Granted, he just lost. Up. That's fine. It is what it is. Um, he does have that win over Gamera, and that's that MMA math. Um, that's a tough win to get a win over Gamera. It's a tough win to get over Tony Ferguson. Um, it's a tough win over Ferreira, and and uh, um, spinning back fist win over Holtzman. <laughs> When you're when you get that Scott Holtzman win three years ago, right, and down to Ferrer, then you jump to Tony Ferguson, and then you jump and remember that Tony Ferguson. That's not Tony Ferguson, you know, six months ago. Tony Ferguson. That's two and a half years ago. Yeah. And then you get the camera. I mean, it's it's progressing, um, to to pretty much. To the the champion or, or the number one contender, obviously, which is what Oliveira is. Whereas you don't build up momentum over Christos uh, Giagos and then Joel Alvarez, then you get to your peak, which is that Gamrot. That was that what they were both eight. One was eight, one was nine, and that was going to be the springboard. That was the fight that whoever wins this is probably going to become a champion. Um, we were all talking about, and then once you lost that. And it was a great fight, but then and then it gets you get to Ismagulov, and then you get to to Silva. Um, yeah, I think Dariush. And I don't think Dariush was right when he fought Oliveira because that didn't look like him, and he got he was out of there quick. Yep. Um, not to take anything away from Charles, but that's not what I mean. I thought Oliveira was going to win the fight, but I did not think it was going to go like that. So, I'm with Dariush. I, I think I might do a little uh, Benny. Um, Benny with 
with our our guy Bobby, the Benny and Bobby part. <laughs> Benny and Bobby. I'm I'm so down for that. Benny and Bobby. I like it. I'm uh Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm going to have four underdogs. I'm going to have four underdogs on the main card there. I'm going to have Gastelum, Figgy, Green, and Daryush. It sounds like which you know, I've uh, I've had worse. When you say it out loud that you're talking Dariush as an underdog, Davis and Figueredo as an underdog, Bobby Green who just sparked someone as an underdog. Um, that's crazy, and it's not like they're plus one fifteens. They're they're all over plus two hundred. Yeah, bro. Which is which is absurd. Craziness. I to me to me all these fights are are straight pick'em fights. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the the Daryush and Sarukian is a straight pick'em. I think Bobby Green is a straight pick'em. I think Figueredo should be should be favored in that fight, which is crazy that he's he's plus one fifteen. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why he's plus one fifteen. It's interesting. Yeah, it's nuts. I don't know. Put I'm gonna put together some parlays and just I bet you you know with three underdogs on the main card there's there's some opportunities for some fat parlays. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, that'll be good. It'll be a good card. Those top those top five fights are pretty crazy, to say the least. Yeah, it it is, it is a good card. Um. I I really do wish it was Dan Hooker, um, versus versus Bobby Green, but beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, that'd be a um, great fight. I still think that would have been too fast. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they need to to reconsider uh, some of the rushing some of these cards. Um, four and a half months seems extremely fast turnaround. Uh, for for both these guys between Turner and Hooker to to come out and and fight again, um, I hundred percent agree. Of, uh, I I think that I think that's a little a little extreme, and you know, no wonder Dan Hooker broke his fucking arm again. I mean, yeah, it's simply not it's simply not enough time. Yeah, there's and, there's and, no way yeah. you should be training that quickly after a broken arm like that. No, uh, no, not at all. So, listen, it, it is it is what it is. It's you know, it's um, our business. They need to they need to turn around fighters and and do what they need to do. But yeah, I'm just I'm just not a fan. But it it, it is what it is. Yeah, man, I'm I'm surprised that we line up on those dogs on the main card. I was thinking I was gonna sound like a conspiracy nut coming in here, four underdogs on the main card, but now I'm feeling now I'm feeling a little better. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, that's like I said to me, they feel like pickums. So yeah, you got to take the dog money on we those. Shall, then. We shall see. Yeah. Well. 
thanks for hopping on, Tim. This was good. And I hope anyone who listened, you know, got some good info. Absolutely.